Okay, all right, okay, all right. So, uh, Garrett Anderson coming at you live here, Wednesday, January 25th, and um, uh, maybe I, uh, you were a little bit, a uh, little bit agitated today. I think I read a little too much Facebook, scrolling through my feed, seeing all the lovely things that uh, the Trump administration is pushing forward in their first couple uh, weeks in office here. Um, and uh, I don't know, I just, I kind of felt small today when I was coming home from work. I was like, man, you know, things at work have been a little stressful. We did a little reorg um, and I'm under a new manager. Uh, this is uh, for my day job. Um, I, uh, I have a nerdy job that involves uh, data and um, lots of different teams, a big company, big corporation. Um, you just It's kind of hard to get a lay of the land. And uh, it seems like, uh, it just seems like, so you know the expression, um, when the shit hits the fan? I feel like part of what the task is and what my motivation is at work is to become it like it seems like shit is constantly hitting the fan and you need to be an expert in your area of shit that's that's you know potentially hitting the fan and then you can re, you know reclump it all back together and and put it put it down somewhere and I mean it, that's that's an oversimplification I'm being overly hard on it because it is a it's a good mission at the end of the day um uh but uh I don't know, just working with people. Oh boy, working with people. So I, I, I came up here to record the podcast and I was a little nervous. I was like, man, I'm in a, I'm in a kind of a sour mood. So I was like, here, let me play a little piano and, and uh, let me hit the follow along button here. I was afraid to do that. So, you know, I'm just, I'm here in my music room in the, in the guest bedroom and... And that was the first chord I played and I was like, oh yeah. It's, uh, you know, C major to F minor. I was like, yeah, that, that pretty much sums up how I feel right about now. I was like, man, I got to play something happy. So then I was like, I, I remember the other day I kind of taught myself, hey, Jude. I was like, hey, hey, Jude, don't be afraid. I'm going to butcher the lyrics, sorry. Uh, you were made to go started feeling better singing the Beatles songs. Is that a time you feel the pain? Hey Jude, refrain. Don't carry the world upon your shoulders. Right? It's like, oh my gosh, I picked the perfect song to, to, to sing to myself. And that's really one of my favorite things about music is like, it's, it can be, a, I gotta take off my fleece. It's been cold out here in, uh, in, in uh, Arizona winter in Arizona, a little chilly. Um, this is good. I'm getting the blood flow. I'm getting my, uh, uh, speaking a bunch gets your, gets your breath going. All right. I can feel myself feeling better. Just cracked my knuckles. All right. So, um, yeah. <clears throat> hey, to refrain, don't carry the world upon shoulders. And then this part, and then uh, later on the tune obviously gets to this coda section sorry it's a little loud Right before uh, I started this podcast, I was just raging out to that and just singing that over and over again. And it made me feel a little better. So I wanted to share that at the start of today's podcast. Um, but yeah, so 
I was, I was saying one of my favorite things about music is that it can serve as a reminder to yourself about what your philosophies are and and uh, you know if you need to hear something comforting like don't let the the weight of the world on your shoulders you know you can kind of turn to music for those reminders um, and I think that's what drew me to songwriting so much um, in my younger years and as I was getting um, experimenting with being a songwriter it's like it was a way to th- sit down and think about your own life philosophies and your own life goals and missions and kind of um for me you know what is it that i believe in what is it that i want to remind myself in song and i I found that i do that a fair bit and then i think the beauty of it is is that something that i was doing for myself can potentially be helpful or uh you know comforting or thought-provoking for somebody else and that's um I've been trying to think about what is my why um and that was something that um uh my uh my mentor uh, Andy Bustamante with the uh, Me Now movement we were having a conversation about that um check out uh livemenow.com if you're interested it's a uh uh initiative by my buddy and uh, colleague and mentor and and he's become a family friend to have mentorship as a a resource for young creatives or or just really anybody in in their journey uh, who needs to figure out a way to um, externalize their commitments as well as receive uh, some some support um, back um and it's been working really well for me it's uh it's the kind of thing where if i know we have a phone call coming up i'm like ooh i got to have something to update andy about i've got i've got to have something to update my mentor about so um kind of you know makes me want to make sure i do it and hold myself accountable but uh he was saying uh and and i'd seen this talk before but a ted talk by a guy named simon sinek where he talks about um finding your why and really the best products and the most successful ventures in, in the history of mankind start with a why and then go, you know, branch out from there. And, you know, it, uh, it spoke to me when I saw the TED Talk the first time. But again, like like I'm saying, with music and with songs, you can remind yourself of the things that give you fuel and give you positivity and give you motivation. So, um, or, or, you know, the, the comfort that you found in a tough moment. Um you know, there's there's all sorts of, of things that are worth reminding ourselves, and I'm a little bit, you know, I'm I'm getting getting a little bit older, and I'm I'm feeling uh, somewhat formed in my identity, but also that there's some malleability there, and and also that it requires a little bit of reminder from time to time. So I'm gonna have to make some time later to rewatch that talk, and maybe I'll uh, I'll, I'll mention that on the next podcast. All right, um, <clears throat> let me do a quick stretch here and uh, re- regather my thoughts. Hope you enjoyed that little piano bit. Um, so yeah, what is my why? Why is it so important to me to try to share my music? Um, and why is it important to me to try to sell my songs to other artists? What is it about my songs that I find valuable? And, and what is my motivation? And I think that's that's one of the tricky things was that for the longest time, as a young creative person, it was easy to, to be creative for free. You know, um, I could burn the candle at both ends because I was young and I could rebound. I didn't have a wife and kids, so I had a lot of time, even with the day job. You know, it was like my mornings and evenings are free. Um, and uh, and then, of course, in your career, right, you're looking to get, get more responsibility and um, maybe, you know, start being a leader in your work organization. And those things all take time as well. And I guess... Part of it for me is compartmentalizing and, and, and creating and, and maintaining the space to pursue the things that are important to me as well as uh, and, and without distracting my family and my other commitments. And um, but, uh, you know, when I was young, part of it was, you know, my why was, hey, you, you know, you pick up a guitar and, you know, maybe maybe it's to get attention or maybe it's because you're socially awkward, or I felt like I was maybe putting on airs a lot. Uh, nah, nah. I don't know if I was putting on airs. 
I, I always felt pretty comfortable in my skin, but I just wanted to, I just wanted that outlet. I thought music was fucking cool. Like, you know, maybe it's as simple as that. It's something that's really cool and it's something that's worth celebrating. Um, I was thinking uh, right before I hit record, it's like music is something that helps you celebrate in good times and helps you cope in bad times. And uh, I think there's something to that. I want to continue to latch on to the why. Why is music so beautiful and so important? And why is art so so beautiful and important? And why is it worthwhile? And why is it... So, um, so when I was younger, the why was, you know, to get girls, to have fun, to play with my buddies in our basements and garages, right? I mean, that was, that was so much fun. And the adventures of music. Um, actually, you know what? This is kind of nerdy, but let me pull up my own website and reread my uh, short bio to myself www.garrettandersonmusic.com and this is going to take us over to yep okay oh this reminds me um if you dig what you hear go check out our patapsco session and uh, consider buying it we are donating all of our proceeds from the patapsco session to this baltimore program called believe in music which uh, is youth education youth music education for uh uh, the kids in Baltimore, um, this, uh, this guy named Kenny from a band called the bridge that was very active in Baltimore when I was, uh, growing up and, and starting my music thing as well. Uh, he's branched off to, to create this nonprofit and I really do believe in it and I do believe in music. Um, so, hey, that, that's kind of cool. Maybe I need to go revisit some of the videos and some of the cool stories that they've put out about their kids um, engaging in music and some of the successes and some of the life skills and some of the confidence uh, and some of the beauty and the celebration that comes through music um, for these kids that, you know, otherwise may have it a little bit tougher than, than, uh, than everybody else. Um, So when I click on my about, I look at, uh, and so this is kind of like my bio on my website. I say I am first and foremost a very blessed family man, and and that that'll always that'll always be at the very top. Um, you know, I consider myself very lucky that I hold family up as such a value and, and as something that's so worthwhile. So that that'll always be there. And then I go got dot 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 the little ellipsis thing, and then but I still make time to scratch my music itch. I write songs to figure out my thoughts, play with ideas, and communicate. Yeah, that's, that seems right. Um, figure out my thoughts, play with ideas and communicate. I play music for, I play music. So I write songs to figure out my thoughts, play with ideas and communicate. Playing with ideas. Yeah, I mean, it's playful um, at times. It can be tough. It can be gut-wrenching at times. But if it's a happy-go-lucky song and, and I'm just trying to figure out a, a fun twist of phrase, that can be playful and communicate. So the, the, the three prongs there, figure out my thoughts. So there's like a self-help component of writing music for me. Play with ideas. Um, that's kind of like, you know, when you're in songwriting mode, it's kind of like being in a little sandbox. You know, that's the sandbox that I pick to play in when I've got when I've got some free time and creative time. And then the third prong is communicate. And to me, that that means engagement. That means community, communicate and community. Right. Those they seem to have the same root. They have a common root, um, which is also common. Communicate, community, Um I play music. Okay, so that's the writing songs part. Um, and then I play music for the thrill, the challenge, fun, serenity, and the shared experience. Okay, this is interesting. I, I haven't really dissected what these words meant. I wrote them years ago to put on the website, and I haven't really thought of it since. Um, real quick, I think this chord might be in order. Let's play a little. What was that? E major seven, who got that? There it is. So your E flat in the right hand. Oops. That's what makes it a major seven, because you're taking the the uh, the root note, the E, and you're playing a half step down. E major seven. So there you go. Um, I thought that would be a, an appropriate chord to play while dissecting this. So I play music for the thrill. Yeah, music, playing music is thrilling. It takes courage. 
you get up there, you're you're sweating a little bit, your heart is pumping, your mouth gets watery. I, in fact, I feel some of those same emotions and same thrills when I do this podcast, which is, I guess, why I keep coming back to it. The challenge also, you know, it's a challenge to overcome your stage fright. It's a challenge to have something that you think is worthwhile to say and to perform it well, right? Um, part of playing music is so fun because it, it forces you to be in the flow. You can't really be too distracted. Um, you need to kind of focus on what you're doing, but at the same time, try to release and, and, and let the music speak through you and, and not, not put up too much resistance to it. So there's a challenge there. It is fun. Um, I say serenity. What the fuck do I mean by that? Um, yeah, I mean, there's moments in performing music that all feels right with the world. It is kind of nice. Like, if I'm a couple songs into a set, there's no way I'm thinking about what Trump's first 100 days are going to look like. Um, because, you know, my left hand is figuring out what chord to strum. Uh, my right hand is, is thumping on my thumb to try to get some little walking bass line thing going. And then, you know, voicing some chords with, uh, with, my, with my fingers. I kind of have that finger-picking style for the most part. Um, yeah, so there's serenity that comes with being in the flow. Because you're in that moment and... What's happening out in the rest of the world is it's, it it falls away. It really does. Um, Call that escapism. I don't know. Is that escapism? Maybe it's escaping from the rest of the world because you're creating your own moment out in the world. Um, So yeah, there's something serene about it. I'm going to look up what the word serenity means. Hold on. Serenity. Maybe I should have looked it up before I put it in my short bio. Uh, dictionary, dictionary. Um, oh, this is not helpful. The quality or state of being serene. Oh, that's not very helpful. Let's see here. Come on, Marion. Oh, you can do better than that, Merriam Webster. Merriam Webster. Okay, so now I gotta click on serene. Clear and free of storms or unpleasant change. Serene skies. Uh, that's the A definition. The B definition is shining bright and steady. Whoa. Um, okay, I like this third definition is what I was going for. Marked by or suggestive of utter calm and unruffled response or quietude. Well, rocking out music isn't always quiet, um, but it is utter calm and unruffled. Yeah, I mean, in a way, that I, I, I can get into that state. Um I like that idea of shining bright and steady too, right? If you got a good rhythm going on and you're singing well and people are grooving, um, clear and free of storms um, or unpleasant change. Unpleasant changes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, with your music, with my music, at least I choose to try to make music that sounds pretty good to the ear and doesn't have too many unpleasant changes. Most of my changes make sense. Um, Clear and free of storms. Yeah, sometimes it rains. Um, that was a, f- a fun little aside. Uh, let's see here. Um, so we talked the thrill, the challenge, the fun, the serenity, and then I say the shared experience, right? So it's interesting that in that first sentence, I end up with communicate, which implies engagement. And then on the second sentence, I, I talk about playing music and I talk about the shared experience. And it's funny, in this digital age, I find myself maybe intentionally gravitating towards those shared real experiences. Um, When I scroll through my Facebook feed and I see a bunch of stories that make me upset, yeah, I guess it's important to try to stay informed, but maybe there's a time and place for that. Like, I might need to subscribe to a newspaper and get the newspaper delivered and then chisel out some time during the day to read it. Um, But um, I, I feel like this pressure, I came home with a sense of pressure. Like, it was my job to keep the Trump administration from doing anything that was going to be really bad for humanity in the long run. Um, And that's a pressure that just, I came home and my shoulders were up in my ears. You know that feeling? Oh, man, I just rubbed my my neck muscles and my shoulder muscles. I think these are my deltoids and, uh, or my trapezius, trapezoid, trapezius muscles. And uh, they're they're tender. I've noticed the last couple of days I've been hunching my shoulders a lot. So I've been trying to, like, 30 times a day ask myself, hey, are you shrugging your shoulders? And oftentimes I'm like, oh, crap, I got to 
got to relax my shoulders. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, you know, instead of scrolling through my feed of my social media, I, I, I really do need to make time for dinners with friends and camping trips and phone calls to good friends and family. Um, not to say that I don't have a good, a good amount of that. And I'm very blessed in that way. Also, you know, to, to go back to gratitude, um, a quick example, my folks got to, uh, take us and, and my kids to Disneyland, um, this past weekend. So we drove from Phoenix to Anaheim and we surprised my kids with a Disney trip and they're, they're seven and four, both daughters. So it's like the perfect ages to take them to the Disney park. Um, I originally thought that, that the, the next podcast I did after that was going to be all about Disney, but I'm off on this other tangent. So I'm just going to run with it. Um, if anybody wants me to talk about Disney, I'd be happy to, um, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, this is, this is an interesting thing. So as I revisit my short bio in, in my little about section on my website, I, I realize that there is that engagement and that community and that communication and that shared experience that is so important and so critical to me in my why, in my, why is this important? Why am I doing this? Why, what is the boomerang effect that, that helps me keep coming back to this? Um, so in that spirit, if you're hearing this and there's anything you want to ask or anything you want to comment on or anything you want to give me feedback on, please, by all means, go ahead. I'd love to hear it. Um, good or bad or indifferent, I, I have to open up myself to the world and to the universe to, to get that sort of feedback. Um, and that's one of the things that, uh, that I've been working on with, with my mentor. We kind of established a couple things that was like, hey, let's, let's try to create a little to-do list and knock some things off and get you going in the right direction and um, make up for some of the things that maybe I've left let atrophy, like the, the music business side and, and some of the feedback side, right? I, I kind of went through a phase where I was very insulated and kind of, um, you know, to be dramatic, kind of like collapsing in on myself in my own little echo chamber, which it kind of defeats the purpose. Um, or, you know, absolutely defeats the purpose. If a tree falls in the woods, nobody hears it. So, um, you know, if a song is sung to the moon, right? I mean, sometimes you got to do that. Sometimes it feels good. Um, but, you know, maybe it's just in preparation to go perform that song for people. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of working through some inner, uh, inner stuff. I, I was about to say inner demons, but I don't think it's that, uh, I don't think it's that serious. It is serious to me. Um, I don't want to downplay it, but they're, um, yeah, whatever, whatever. They're just words. Um, <laughs> Uh, so anyway, uh, speaking of sharing music and, and having that shared experience, uh, recently though, I, I had a, a, a flash of inspiration to write the song. Um, I was inspired on my way to my Janie's gig, uh, two weeks ago. I heard this radio story about the Charleston, South Carolina church shootings and this, uh, reporter, oops, sorry. Um, for the pop on the microphone, this reporter used the phrase praying with their eyes closed. And I was, uh, immediately I was like, oh my gosh, is the implication now that they pray with their eyes open? And that was this image that just stuck with me. It just drilled a hole right into my heart and right into my soul. And I was driving and, um, I, you know, I didn't have pen and paper around. I, I, I pulled out my phone just to get the seed of the idea down. Um, you know, the next red light I was at, I, I, uh, that's not true. I did it while I was driving. I was trying to sound, sound safe on the road. Kids don't do this at home. Don't try to write down things in your phone notepad while you're driving. It is a bad idea, but I, I have lots of experience driving with my knees and great peripheral vision. So, uh, I can get away with it, but you can't. Okay. Don't do that. I'm speaking directly to my kids. Now you do not mess with your cell phone while you're driving. Um, 
no, I say that in jest, but I, I was actually kind of careful about it. I made sure that I was on the highway, you know, so it was going very fast. That makes it nice and safe is when you're going like 65, 70 miles an hour down the road. <laughs> Flying down the road, checking your phone um, to, to write down this note. I wrote down praying with my eyes open. And that was all I needed to write. And then I safely put my phone away. I didn't mess with it anymore for the drive, um, except to uh, change the songs on... Uh, my iPad, uh, or not my iPad, my uh, my phone, and uh, maybe check the navigation once or twice. Um, man, that is a tricky thing. Driving with, with your cell phone is really, really distracting, but it's so helpful also when it's your music player and your navigation system. Um, I guess set your navigation before you leave and maybe find an album that'll last the whole uh, the whole drive or just trust and shuffle or whatever. Anyway, I digress. So this praying with my eyes uh, open phrase just drilled a hole into my heart. And um, I went and played the gig. I, I came home. Um, and then I think the next day I was still like so moved by the story that, um, you know, I jotted down some sketches of ideas. I pulled out my acoustic guitar. It kind of had this uh, folksy bluegrassy thump to it. Um, in fact, I might be able to play a little bit of that right now on my phone. Let me see if this sounds any good. Again, here we're experimenting with <clears throat> various ways to do the podcast. All right, so let me see if I put this on speaker. This is... So yeah, this is the home demo recording that I made of this brand new song, Praying With My Eyes Open. Like the the night that I wrote it, um, I was just obsessed. I had to sit down and jot this down. Um, it's got this kind of, um, you know, when I play and write on the acoustic guitar, I think I naturally gravitate towards sort of a folky, um, a folky sort of shuffle. And you'll hear that uh, on, on this. I'll play just a little bit of it. acoustic demo down and then the next day I was like you know what let me see if I can do something a little bit different with this tune and I came up to my um my my piano and my recording uh, software upstairs and um I've been trying to practice with little loops and getting some different piano sounds in there and creating more fleshed out versions of my tunes and, and also trying to get away from some of that acoustic guitar sound so I, I challenged myself to get a recording of this and uh I really like how it turned out. I shared it um, on my Facebook page and, um, and also uh, gave a little shout out to the reporter and, and to the NPR program, All Things Considered, that, uh, that played it. Um, I noticed I got a, a, little, a little heart or a little like on, the, on Twitter from South Carolina Radio, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and also it, it sparked a little engagement on my Facebook page. One of the things that was really, really cool was um, one of my friend's mom's um, she said, Hey, we're actually visiting South Carolina in the spring and your lyrics are very beautiful. I'd love to, you know, leave a copy, uh, along with some flowers. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's so that's, it, it really hit me. It was very meaningful and it made my day. Uh, it made my week, you know, to hear that, 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 that this woman was moved by my words and my sentiment. Um, and, uh, we had this kind of cool back and forth where I was like, you know, uh, uh, the sort of the character and the, and the framework of the song is such that they have to pray with their eyes open. But as a person, I'm still optimistic that, you know, we can get to a place where 
we can pray, go back to praying with our eyes closed. Um, right. Uh, it's just this, it's so sad to me to think of this as, as just the state of of things. That's the way it is, or that's the choice that someone who has witnessed that sort of madness and violence, um, you know, they, they get traumatized to the point where they have to pray with their eyes open. It just, it, it just made my heart wrench. Um, but, uh, it, I, I, and that's what, that's a weird thing is sometimes these songs just grab me. These, these ideas of songs just grab me and I have to write them even if it's a sad song and, and almost especially if it's a sad song, like I hear a lot of excellent, happy songs. Um, man, that, that Justin Timberlake jam from this year, um, this is so good. Um, I'm drawing a blank on, uh, just imagine, just imagine, just imagine. Dance, dance, dance. That one. Sicking up on you, so just dance, dance, dance. I don't bet the sofa. It's in the Trolls movie, so my kids like it too. So we get to rock out to that one in the car a fair bit. Something magical. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that guy knows how to put out a, a dancey, happy, feel good song. Maybe it's just my knack to to grasp onto these heart wrenching, bittersweet things that that are um, that that are challenging to think about and wrestle with with your heart. And to me, I think maybe those I don't know they just they they capture me a little bit more. Maybe it was just the mood I was in, or just maybe the empathy that has been nurtured into me. Um, but. Uh, yeah, for, for whatever reason, that one, I was like, man, I got to write this. And I don't want it to be sad. I don't want people to feel sad after listening to it. Um, I, uh, I want them to be entertained and thoughtful and reflective and maybe make that choice. Maybe as a listener, you listen to it. And part of it is may, maybe I'm, I'm hopeful that people can disagree with it. And be like, yeah, you know what? Crazy bad shit does happen, but that doesn't mean we can't put our guard down sometimes. And that doesn't mean that we can't have faith. And that doesn't mean that we can't pray with our eyes closed. Um, you know, rebel against this sentiment. Rebel against the character of this song and the sentiment of the song. And, and actually, you know, make the commitment and make the choice to pray with your eyes closed. You know, maybe that's why it's you know, maybe that's what I want a, a person to take away with is to go, yeah, you know, like that's, a, it's an interesting song and a terrible story and a rough history for this church. Um, one of the things they talk about in the, uh, the news story is that this guy, um, I'm not going to say his name cause fuck that guy. He doesn't need any more publicity. Um, you know, he went in and shot a bunch of people in the church and, and his rationale, his motivation was to try to spark a race war. Um, and, the I think the most redemptive thing about the the way they presented this news story was that he failed in his mission. If anything, he brought us closer together. And um, you know, hey, maybe whew, this is maybe a little bit of a jump here, um, but maybe we can take that thread and apply it to um, you know some of the less than um, less than excellent stuff coming out of these first couple of days of the Trump administration. Maybe we can say, hey, you know what? Let's let's keep our wits about us. Let's join together. Um, you know, you maybe saw that a little bit with that women's march that happened on the heels of the inauguration. Um, you know, in the in the face of such madness and tyranny, um, you have a choice to make. And um, in my song, um, I say, "Between the fire and the fuse is up to you." And to me, I think that's so important that it comes down to choice. You know, if you believe in God or if, if you don't, either way, there's this thing, free will, right? To a degree, you've got free will and you need to know your heart and know your soul enough that when it comes down to a choice that you have to make, that you hopefully make the right one for yourself and for your family and your community. And um, there may be a fight involved with that. Um, there may be some unity that needs to come in order to see the results and get to the place and attain um, peace if that's not too unattainable. So, uh, yeah, 
I guess that's that's what I hope people hear about that song. And um, yeah, mm. just found myself zoning out, um, looking out the window because that was a, a little exhausting. But yeah, please go listen to the song. Um, it's posted on SoundCloud. Um, so you, yeah, if you're listening to this, then you're familiar with the SoundCloud platform. You can just hop over to Praying with my eyes open and let me know what you think. Um, that one is, uh, it just, it came from the heart, it spilled out, and it was nice to write a song again. It's been a while since I wrote a song from start to finish and just said, okay, you know, go, go, go be a little song. I, I call it, it's still in a demo mode, like I didn't slave over the production of it, and um, I ran into my track limit on Ableton Light here is I think I've got nine tracks that I can put into a, a song, because um, I've got the uh, sort of uh, less expensive version of my, my recording software. So maybe one day if I make a couple bucks off of a song or, you know, put a couple bucks away from some gigs, I can buy the, the full version and really tinker around with putting some uh, arrangements together on some songs. But for the time being, I'm, I'm kind of constrained by those nine tracks. And honestly, I think that's probably the right speed for me right now to, to just practice my skills at, um, you know, putting these beats down and getting the layers and getting the recordings and the arrangements and listening back on those and, and critiquing myself and um, figuring out what it is that I want to put into songs. Um, I think that's really my role. And that's sort of why I talk about my pivot on my dream to being more of a songwriter than the rock star, because I think, you know, I, I get really excited about these ideas. Um, and I think they're really important, and I think I have a cool voice, um, and, and here I mean like the way that I write, I don't mean my actual singing voice, although I think my singing voice is pretty cool too, um, you know, I, I've got a certain way that I write about these hard topics that I think is really interesting, and potentially valuable, and, uh, so that's why I, I, I kind of talk about my pivot of being a songwriter more than the rock star, um, so for the time being, I'm just going to stick with my nine tracks and uh, continue putting out some demos. Um, I think I've got a rebound off of this one with something that's a little bit more happy-go-lucky. Um, so yeah, keep your ears pure. Keep your keep your ears pure. Keep your ears pure. Keep your ears pure. Keep your ears pure. Keep 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 ears pure. This is just one track, one track. Keep I heard a kid beatboxing in the uh, bathroom one time on a road trip, I was on a road trip, or, yeah, I was with some buddies, I think we were coming back from SPAC in, uh, upstate New York, Saratoga, their, uh, Saratoga Performing Arts Center, Fish played a couple nights there, and me and my buddies camped, and, uh, I think it was on our way back, we had a big breakfast one morning, and, uh, in the bathroom of the breakfast joint, there was this kid, he must have been, I don't know, nine, ten, he was beatboxing in the bathroom, and I was like, fuck yeah, that's cool, man, uh, and I go, hey, buddy, like, you know, the next thing you'll have to work in is that little drone that you can do while you keep, you and he was like, oh, yeah, this is a really fun moment, man, life can be so beautiful, and, and then there's these uh, the other thing, I watched the big short the other day, which was about the bankers that shorted the market uh, leading up to the uh, housing market crash of 2008. And um, just like, I guess maybe I've, I've exposed myself to a little bit too much material about the uh, the power hungry motherfuckers of the world and uh, and not enough of the sharing beatboxing tips in the bathroom. Um, oh, I don't know if you heard that, but my AC or, or my heat just kicked off. Um, maybe it's in this day and age, is it weird to tell a story about an experience with a young man in a bathroom? Um, I hope not because it was a beautiful experience, man. And that, uh, I don't know, just feeling a little bit down about some of those, 
those power hungry, crazy dynamics that are part of this world. Um, and I guess they're important. They, they afford me this kind of life that I live. The, they help prop up the house of cards, I guess, to some degree. I think they could be doing a better job. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so some of this Trump stuff that that's come out recently, I think gag orders on EPA, um, you know, just like very anti-environment, uh, stance, um, and this whole attack on the facts and the attack on the media and the distortion of the facts and investigating voter fraud that, that gave Hillary the popular vote when he got the electoral vote. You know, the, the shitty thing about that too, is I think like he had the perfect thing to say. I heard, I heard a soundbite that Trump said, yeah, um, I wasn't trying to, you know, the, the race that we were trying to win wasn't the popular vote. It was the electoral vote. That's the race that mattered. So that's the race that I strategized to win. I was like, that's the perfect response. I think that's kind of badass. Just leave it at that. Don't go on this, um, this witch hunt of, you know, there's this illegal, uh, illegal immigrants voting and this voter fraud that, that caused Hillary to have the um, popular vote. And not to say that I think we'd be in a better situation or a, a much better situation if Hillary um, got elected. And here we go. I'm starting to speak out of turn here because politics is something that I try to be aware of, but I don't really know that much about. Um, I think uh, the women are very upset about um, Trump. Um, he reinstituted a Reagan era ban on funding for groups that uh, are involved in abortion. So that, I mean, women are like, hey, you know, you're legislating about our bodies and our choices. And I, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a real tricky one. Um, like, I, I don't like it. Um, and I, I side with my, my sisters and, uh, you know, the ladies and the mothers of the world. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, just the, the tone and the tenor of these first couple, couple of days. Oh, they're going to start. He said, we're going to start building the wall in a couple months. Let's see how that goes. And, um, you know, the crazy thing would be is if, um, and I feel, I feel lumped in with this kind of liberal lefty, um, bleeding heart, uh, segment, um, of, of the populace and of my demographic. And that's certainly what I see a lot of on my Facebook feed. There we go back to the echo chambers, right? But I, how crazy would it be if we all had to eat a lot of crow? And it like, if it turned out that global warming was fraud and like climate science was, was bunk and we were actually fine. Um, um, I, I just don't see it. I don't see how anybody else could see it. And just like, what are our priorities as a nation building a wall with Mexico? Really? Um, how about there's like lead pipes that have, um, tainted water in them, you know, like let's, let's maybe use our infrastructure resources on that. Um, my dad and I were talking about a skills gap where there's going to be tons of infrastructure that needs to be redeveloped and, and not enough skilled workers to know how to do it. So hell, maybe in a, in a, in a, in the not too distant future, I'll have to revisit my days as a, uh, uh, pipe fitter. I used to be a sort of a hired hand for a plumber and pipe fitter, steam fitter, steam fitter. Is that what they call them? Plumbers and steam fitters union. Yeah. So, um, my dad was getting me summer jobs. Um, again, I'm kind of tipping my hand toward, uh, some of the privileges that I had grown up. Um, uh, but I'm proud of him because my dad worked hard. So, uh, you know, he was able to get me these summer jobs where I was working with, with guys that were laying down pipe and, uh, you know, for water to and from, um, so I learned a little bit about that. I was on the job for a couple summers in a row. Um, so yeah, maybe when all this is said and done, guys like me that are a little bit disgruntled with our office day jobs, maybe they'll make it so um, incentivized and maybe I'll just be ready to go back and start working with my hands again that maybe I'll help rebuild America. Maybe I will make America great again. Wouldn't that be the sort of like irony of it all? Not that that's a bad thing. Like People building shit is cool. I've, I've really come back to the value of that. Um, real quick, one last thing before I wrap up, just cause it was, uh, it was cool. I was yesterday, I was looking at patents and patent law, um, or not, not so much patent law, but just the process of getting a patent for like, you know, if you have an invention idea or some sort of idea, 
Um, and maybe I do have a little idea that I think would be an improvement on an existing product. And I was looking through the patents. You can search them. Like one of the things you have to do to get your own patent is make sure that it's um, uh, unique and non-obvious. Those are criteria that you have to meet in order to get your patent. So one of the things you have to do is do a search of all existing patents and not only existing patents, but existing publications where people may make claims about new inventions. Like you literally have to sort of show with due diligence that you're the first person to come up with this idea. And uh, from what I saw in the, in the couple pages of patents that I searched, uh, I think I, I, I may have an original idea. I'm a little bit excited about it. But of course, they make it very, um, you know, it's, a, it's somewhat cost prohibitive to get into. First of all, it's a legal thing, right? It's a legal thing with the government. So there's hoops there where typically a lawyer or an agency will file it on your behalf. Or you can do it what they call pro se, which I guess is Latin, which means by yourself or for yourself. Um, so I'm thinking about trying to represent myself in what they call a prosecution of your patent. And in this way, we're not talking about prosecution like a bad thing. It's just like the how to go through the legal formalities of getting your patent. So, um, but that was really interesting. I was so scrolling through these different patents. And it's cool. You can just go look through a bunch of descriptions and pictures because a lot of patents come with drawings of like inventions it was really cool. I was just like finding myself thumbing through them and reconnecting with that side of my brain um, that actually knows how to use a screwdriver, you know? Uh, oh, excuse me. All right. Um, this was a fun one. I feel better. I feel better after doing this. Thanks for going on this journey with me. And um, where are we at here? Yeah, right around, what is this, 45? Yeah, my eyes are getting bad. Okay, my family should be home any minute, um, and uh, I'm ready to wrap this one up. So cheers, everybody. God bless. Um, fight the good fight. Um, also, don't stress out too much. Make sure you're reminding yourself to relax your shoulders, take a deep breath, try not to carry around too much tension with you. Make sure you're sitting with good posture. Stretch out a little bit. Stretch those hammies. So surprisingly, a lot of um, lower back pain will be caused by tight legs. You need to keep your legs uh, nice and loose, too. Um, that's the other thing. I haven't exercised in a few days. And after taking that Disney trip, well, I guess the Disney trip was kind of like exercise. I needed a few days to uh, let my legs rest after that one. But I can't. I, I really need to go get a sweat on. Um, that'll help me feel like 3,000% better. Um, so, yeah. <sighs> God, yes, this feels, this feels really good. Um, all right. And go check out praying with my eyes open. Let me know what you think. If you have any questions for the next podcast, let me know. I'd love to engage. Uh, this is the, the new Garrett of 2017 is all about engagement because, um, uh, a song that falls in the forest with no one to listen to it, uh, you know, does it really exist? Um, so we're going to do, uh, we're going to try to do that. And if you're up for it, let's go on this journey together because you've got your whole other journey. That's another thing I need to remind myself that like engaging with me on my musical journey isn't going to take up too much of your life. Like hopefully it has a net benefit on your life and it won't take up your entire life. Like go do your thing too because I do my thing and I support other people doing their things. And it's all about this community and people being themselves and being creative and being, uh, you know, supportive and, and, and serving each other and, you know, helping each other up by the hand and, you know, um, you know, go grab somebody else's bootstrap and pull them up a little bit and, and I'll do that too. And we'll try to make it all work. Um, and uh, I really hope that the uh, the climate science and the, the scientists in America aren't persecuted. Um, I would really be upset if I woke up tomorrow and it was like, all right, you know, all the major news outlets are, are banned now. We just have White House press briefings and this is the new truth. Like the, the sort of glimmers of Orwellian 1984 sort of big brother, um, he who controls the language, controls the truth, controls reality kind of thing is... A little unnerving, but you know what? I think that this I think that this kind of thing is happening too late. I think in the internet is here. We've got guys like um oh so this was cool. So Facebook um is gonna change their um trending topics algorithm to start not um, propagating false news. 
they're going to start vetting the news stories. Now, that's a double-edged coin too, because if you're flipping through there, it depends on who's doing the, the who's doing the deciding, right? So we need credibility, but who is establishing who's credible and who's not, right? That's the crazy thing. Who's watching the watchers, right? Um, it's like that movie, The Watchmen. Um, so, uh, but I think that's a positive, uh, positive move. If guys like Zuckerberg and companies like Apple and Google, Apple, um, shout out to the sports junkies there, uh, DC sports junkies, Apple. Um, if guys like Zuckerberg and, uh, Elon Musk and Google and like, if these companies can, can kind of band together and, and help temper some of the madness that may be coming through an administration that doesn't, you know, maybe, maybe has the wrong priorities, um, then, uh, that gives me a little glimmer of hope, but we'll see. Um, yeah, so I think the internet is out there. We've got Twitter, we've got stuff that I, I just, I really, really hope that there isn't too much shenanigans that's not irreversible. Um, I think they're going to go ahead with the Keystone pipeline and some other pipelines and take it, taking advantage of, of local resources to boost the economy. Yeah, we might see a short-term benefit and that might really work out for me and my neighbors and my nation. Um, but you know, at what cost, what's the tone that we're setting? Um, I, I you know, c- can we recover some of the carbon that's in the air and causing global warming? If you believe that sort of thing, um, as a consensus of scientists do, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's a confusing time to be alive. I think we're transcending from being monkeys into figuring out a way to live in peace with each other. And it's fucking hard. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's glimmers of hope and there's some shenanigans. So let's, uh, let's amplify the glimmers of hope. Um, again, the, the me now movement is, is kind of on that train. It's like amplify the goodness um, and, uh, I just, I feel like I should give them the plug, the occasional plug, uh, because it's, it's really something that's hitting me home, you know, hitting home for me, uh, livemenow.com. And, um, and then, yeah, just squash the darkness, squash that bullshit and, uh, make sure you can afford your loan. If you're going to take out a big loan, understand the terms and don't let wall street fuck you. Um, try not to create too many bubbles, um, so that the economy can, can keep on chugging. All right. That's it. I I said I was done 10 minutes ago and I rambled, so I apologize, but, uh, yeah, important thoughts. Cause I'm, I'm, this has been Stuart Smalley. Sometimes I tell myself this, I'm like, cause I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. Gosh, darn it. People like me. Uh, Al Franken, there's there's a guy who went from comedy to politics, and I think he's doing a pretty good job, or, or you know, trying to fight the good fight um, out there in Minnesota, I think. I gotta do that one more time, because that was just so fun. This has been Stuart Smalley. Now, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And gosh darn it, people like me. Oh, I did a little exhale on the microphone that didn't, that made up. All right, one more time. Ready? I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. Gosh darn it. People like me. All right, everybody. Be good. Have fun. Do well. As my father-in-law would say, shout out to Bob. Um, All right, peace.